Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you might be. It's me, your pal, Junkman, back with another thrilling, exciting episode of Junkman Radio right here from OC Sound Studios in Orange County, California, Anaheim to be specific. Your one-stop shopping for recording your band, rehearsing your band, doing anything you want to in here, you know. We'll let you. (laughs) You want to shoot porn? Yeah, sure, why not? You want to do, you know, splatter the walls with paint? Yeah, sure, why not, you know. We'll come up with something. Um, dog sitting, perhaps, you know, all kinds of fun things. But, uh, yeah, always glad to be here and ready to rock. I got a lot of new music. I got a lot of cool music. Well, it's all cool. Directly from my personal collection here for you. All the things you were afraid that you would never hear. We have them here for you on Junk Band Radio. So what do you say we get started, shall we? All right. Five, four, three, two, one. One, two, three, four, five, six.
smoking, baby. Junkman Radio. Brand new music right there, my friends, from Smith Cotson. Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden and Richie Cotson have collaborated. It's brand new. It's called Taking My Chances. Wow. Uh, Full-length release coming soon. Yes, you'll hear about it right here on Junkman Radio. That one, I love it. Man, got one listen to that the other day, and I went, okay, I'm in. (laughs) Set me up, pal. I'm ready. Smith Cotton. Check it out. All right. Man, really, really got you uh, pumped up on that set. I hope you did as much as me. I'm here in the studio just getting fired up. I started everything out with uh, Greg Kinband and Roadrunner. His version of it is the best. It's a Jonathan Richmond song, and I, I I love that version of it. It's just great. It's from the Naked Eye album by Greg Kinband. Greg uh, went on to quite a career. You know, he's a rock star. He had a lot of hits. And then he went on to a DJ career after that, which was kind of cool. He uh, was working in, um, in uh, Northern California. You know, maybe, yeah, Northern California and uh, morning DJ, and he did it for a long time. Tony O.K. followed that with a funky Western civilization. I just love that song. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck it's about. It came out many, many years ago, but it just smokes. Red 37, a band that you've probably never heard of outside of junk band radio, and uh, a great band, including uh, my friend J.J. Ferris. You know him from the Tories. Uh, Brian Burwell, great drummer. Uh, for the band Neve and amongst other bands. And Matt Nelson, yes, one of the Nelson twins. Uh, a trio, they uh, came out of the record. They opened up for Sticks on a tour about 10 years ago, maybe. But uh, they came out with this record, and it's very hard to find. I have it. They gave it to me. Red 37, the name of the band. The song was called Crawl My Way Out. I played the Foo Fighters and wind up. Foo Fighters are just everywhere. Dave Grohl is showing up. Daily. <laughs> He's a busy guy. But I love that song, Wind Up. It cranks. Lit, our brother's here from Orange County. That's right. And uh, a song called Four followed that. Great stuff. And again, uh, Smith Cotton finished up that set. Brand new from them. Oh, my. Ugh. Taking My Chances, the name of that. I love new music. Lots of new music coming out. And uh, it's been a great year for 2020 so far for music-wise, you know. Uh, I've said this many, many times and proven it. And Well, here's some more. Why not, you know? And uh, it's also called Got a New Thing. It's brand new from Brian Ray, who visited the Junk Band Radio Show just recently. We got to chat for a while about a variety of things. Brian, of course, you know him as Paul McCartney's guitar player in his live act. And uh, he has been putting out some great music including this one right here. It's brand new from him. It's called Got a New Thing. It's Brian Ray on Junk Band Radio. Got a new thing now. I want to watch you. I want to watch you walk. I want to watch you walk away in handcuffs. In handcuffs.
Junkman Radio. What a sound, huh? <laughs> Love it. From Scotch Plains, New Jersey, that's uh, the Smithereens. That's right. Oh, yeah. Featuring their late great singer, Pat Denisio, who we miss so much. Such a good dude and a great band and miles from nowhere from the Smithereens. I love that band. Ah, uh, you have to. It's just good rock and roll. 
That's about all you can say. You know, great song crafting, great everything. You can go into detail, but man, it's just a great rock song, as everything they did was, and still is. You know, they they still will get out there once we get live music in, and they will have people filling in on vocals and playing live music. You know, uh, rock and roll the way it's supposed to be done, the good stuff. Some of us would say. <laughs> The Miles of Nowhere from the Smithereens. Man, I did a bunch of uh, really rockin', power poppin' tunes right there, man. Started out with the brand new one from Brian Ray, who, which, uh, man, I cannot say enough about this guy. Such a good dude. Great guy, puts out great music, and he's got the best gig in the world. He plays lead guitar for Paul McCartney's band. Man. But brand new from him, it's called Got a New Thing. And uh, interesting subject uh, title, but you know what? Scroll back and check out my interview that uh, we did together here on Junkman Radio, and you can hear a lot more about that particular track and a lot more from Brian Ray. Enough's enough with a song called New Thing. I just kind of said, hey, there's another one. So it's got a new thing into new thing from Enough's Enough, band out of Chicago, featuring Chips Enough, and uh, Donnie Vibe on vocals. Donnie's been up and down the the page a few times, but uh, I guess he's still out there. He's just still making music, which is nice. Billy Joe Armstrong, lead singer of Green Day, has uh, come out with a new album of cover stuff that he's doing with, I believe his kids are playing with him on this, which is cool. And he did a great remake of the title track from the movie That Thing You Do, the Tom Hanks-produced movie about that fictional band The Wonders and their one-hit wonder rise to fame in the early 60s, you know? All made up, of course, but uh, hey, great music on it. And uh, Tom helped uh, helped write some of those songs, which is really, really cool to know. And, um, you know, Tom Hanks just seems like a very cool guy. I met him once briefly. Funny, at a Paul McCartney show, which is interesting. A lot of story, but I'll spare you that. But just, yeah, brush with greatness. How about that? <laughs> Weezer and the song Photograph. Just a cool song. Uh, Weezer just, man, it's another one of those bands that just constantly puts out great rock and pop music, you know? And uh, there's something else. Katrina and the Waves was a band uh, out of, I thought they were out of Canada, but they came from all over the place. And they had a great album out. Their first album was called, uh, had a big hit called Walking on Sunshine, which is huge. But that song right there, Do You Want Crying? I was talking to uh, a friend of mine the other day about that song. And back in the day when I was, you know, scouring the clubs of Southern California, there was a band that used to play that song. And I always used to sit in on drums and play that one. But it's called, yeah, Do You Want Crying? It's a great rock tune. They got quite a few of them on that record. I would have to say, if you only are familiar with that band through the song Walking, in Su- Walking on Sunshine, look up a bit more of what they did. And uh, they got some great songs. Very, very cool songs. And again, finish that set with these smithereens and miles from nowhere. Mm, yeah. Hey, it's Junk Man. And uh, on the line with me, uh, you guys know him as the bass player for the band Tesla, as he has been for many, 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 many years. And, uh, well, he uh, is a producer, and now we can add writer to uh, his credit. I'm talking about uh, Brian Wheat. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? Good. Welcome to the program. Um, congratulations on your brand new uh, writing uh, assignment here. This is awesome. It's called Son of a Milkman, My Crazy Life with Tesla. 
Um, well, obviously the first question. Let's let's jump right into the title here first. Um, it's funny. I, I think of, I think of the old joke. You know, you must be the son of the milkman, and that had obviously that had something to do with it. Correct. Well, yeah, because you know the old joke was, you're, yeah. you know, you're you're not. I don't know whose kids you are. Yeah. You, you must be the milkman's right, kid. Well, right, right. That's true. I am the milkman's kid. <laughs> so, yeah, that's me. That's awesome, um, dude. It's it's very, very, very honest. This is a book that, for people that are soul searching and things like that, I would really highly suggest this book because you are so honest about a variety of subjects. Obviously. Um, there were things that uh, you weren't happy about with yourself, and you got it out. You put it out through writing. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us how that was kind of kickstarted. First off, that that would be my first question to you. How did you decide? You know, this is what I want to do. I want to come out with a very honest book, and uh, you know, well, what, what really, really kickstarted. It goes it? back. It goes back a ways. So when I was in therapy in 1991 for anxiety and depression. My doctor at the time said, you know, you should consider writing a book one day and it'll help, you know, you let go of these things that you keep inside and it'll be, you know, kind of healing for you. And I went, yeah, yeah, cool. Right on. But at the time, 1991, I'd only made two records. So, you know, why would anyone want to read a book from me? You know, the (laughs) bass player in in a, a band that, you know, there was hundreds of bands out at the time that, you know, were doing what we were doing. So... Uh, about five years ago, it got to the point where I think, you know, I was like 52, 53 years old, I guess. And I thought, well, I'm in my fifties now. And the band's been together, you know, we're at about then we were closing in on 30 years. Um, 2012 was, was 30 year anniversary of when me and Frank started playing. Um, so I just figured, well, maybe now's the time to put out this, this book. And, you know, other people I'd known had put out a book, Phil Collin had put out a book and some other people. And I thought, well, you know, let me take a shot at it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I started about five years ago and I started with this guy, Pete Mikowski and he's in England. He used to write for sounds magazine in the late seventies and eighties. And we started on the book. We never quite finished it. But when I started reading it, it, it sounded like I was some kind of, I was an English guy or something. It didn't, <laughs> you know, it had this English tone to it where the book, if you read it now, it's, it's like me speaking to you. Right. It's, you know, so we never really finished it and we kind of just put it on the shelf. And then one day I got up and said, well, Maybe if I have someone who knew me, you know, a little better, take a shot at just kind of interviewing me and write, you know, in a chronological fashion. And so I started with this guy, Ken Nicholson, who has worked for Tesla since the clubs and had been on tours with me and it's known me even before Tesla made it. So we did, you know, basically he interviewed me and I told the stories and he he wrote it, right? So we took that, and, you know, I thought it was pretty good, and I, I sent it around 
to a few people to get some feedback and you know see you know if this could actually be a book or this side or the other and uh my manager mike kobayashi i sent it to him and he said look it's good but it reads like an interview it doesn't flow like a book should like if you're reading a book mm-hmm. and he said um why don't you try working with chris Epting, the guy who did phil's book right so colin i said okay yeah well let me hook up a meeting and we got together and we had a meeting and I liked his vibe, and we hit it off. Yeah, he's very, he's very the other easy to talk that, to. He's very easy to talk to, which is... Yeah, he's a good listener, yep. that's for sure. Yep. Um, one of the things that Mike said, too, is he's like, you know, when I read this second draft of your book or whatever, you know, you, you talk a lot about Tesla, but you don't really talk about a lot of the things that I know you go through in your life. You know, like my autoimmune disease, which you've seen firsthand, and and your struggles with weight and all this other stuff. Why don't you talk more about that and make your book a little bit different than the average sex, drugs, and rock and roll book? And at that point, I I had a decision to make whether or not I was going to, you know, do that or just leave it the way it was. And I just went, well, you know what? I can handle it. You know, let me put it all out there. It won't be the first time someone's judged me in my life. <laughs> and, uh, Maybe it'll help somebody, you know, if I yeah. talk about some of the things that I go through that maybe they go through, but they're, they don't want to talk about, or maybe if they see this guy in a rock band talking about them, maybe it'll help them want to talk about them and maybe it'll help. So that's how the whole thing came about. It's a very, it's a very noble thought. I mean, you know, it's like putting yourself on the line, you know, use me as you know kind of like a motivator for you for for anything you know with obviously there's a lot of people that have a lot of these similar issues you know depression and weight loss and you know bulimia and things like that they're all you know unfortunately very very big these days um you know anxiety absolutely i don't know anybody that doesn't have that right now but to a certain degree you get to a point in your life and you really you have to get some help and you mentioned you went to therapy and that really kind of kick-started a lot of this and that I'm I'm a full believer in all of that. Um, Again, noble for you on being honest enough to hopefully help somebody else out. Have you gotten a lot of feedback from people about that and saying those exact same things? Have they said, look, you know, because of this book, I've been really, you know, I know it's brand new and everything like that. But, you know, um, have people started to write to you and tell you about, you know, positive feedback? You know, a lot lot of people say I admire you for for sharing that stuff, it took a lot of courage and it's helped me, you know, I suffer from, you know, this, or, you know, I was bulimic or, or this, that, or the other, I am bulimic. So, yeah, I think it, it, it it is kind of the message I was hoping to get through to people. I think it is, is, is conveying that way. So it's nice. Uh Well, um, what about your bandmates? Tell me about some of the feedback with them. I mean, have they gotten back well, to you and said about things? Because, you know, you say a lot of very, very personal stuff about your bandmates in the book. Uh, have they gotten back to you and said, hey, dude, you know, this and that, or did you cover things ahead of time and clear it with them first? Not really. I mean, Jeff Keith told me, write whatever you want to write. That's good. That's Jeff. <laughs> Jeff said, it's all true. Write whatever you want. Good. Um you know, as far as Frank goes, there was one thing I think I talked about a story in the book about uh, 
you know, when he called me over and there's a big boulder of cocaine in the toilet and he was flushing it down the toilet. And I said, don't do that. Give it to me. Uh, I asked him about that particular story because I said, look, I don't know if, you know, you want your kids knowing that. And he went, man, my kids know what I did. Leave it in there. Good. Uh, I didn't really ask Troy, but I didn't really say anything bad about Troy. I just said, look, we, you know, we had a lot of falling out, you know. Uh, you know, me and Troy had a hard time communicating with each other for a long time, and now we're great. Well, he's been sober for a long time. I know that. Now, was that yeah, a, a that lot of it? One thing. I mean, yeah. I talk about, you know, how he was using drugs on those first couple albums, and how he was probably the the biggest user of drugs. But I didn't really ask him because I know he's been very honest about his sobriety. So, you know. It's not like I'm telling somebody something they didn't know Mm -hmm. or that he would. I mean, he speaks to kids at schools about, you know, yeah, don't stay off drugs. You know, I did this and you don't have to do this and stuff. So I don't I didn't really do anything, really say anything that I thought was something that was so private to somebody that, you know, it hadn't been out there. I mean, and you know, as far as Dave Root, I didn't say much anything. And as far as Tommy Skeel, I said whatever he had said, you know, in his press wranglings or whatever I yeah. I put out there because you know I didn't really want to talk about him that much, anyways. I don't like him. Uh-huh. So I mean, no one really, everyone really knows that the two of us don't mesh, and he makes it quite clear, you know, and uh, so. I said the least amount I could about him. Oh, good. Well, it, now with that in mind too, what was absolute? What was the hardest part about writing this book? What was the hardest subject or the hardest chapter, perhaps? Maybe I don't know. I just I kind of want to. I think you know, talking about sticking my finger down my throat and throwing up is was hard. Yeah. I think about you know saying, look, you know, I'm the illegitimate son of a of the milkman and I was put up for adoption and no one wanted me, uh, you know, for a week was kind of hard. It's not usual things people put out there yeah. about themselves. Well, yeah, that, that goes back to what I was saying about your honesty on this, man. It's just, it's, it's very admirable. And, uh, you know, it's funny. My, my sister, she's with me now for Christmas and she said, yeah. And you, you know, all you said about me in the book was you didn't know you had a six or till you were six. And then I was away in reform school. <laughs> I, I went, well, you were. <laughs> and, you know, she's like my mom now. Sure, sure, sure. She, she's, she's, well, there's one older than her buddy. And, you know, but I, I didn't say it in a bad way. It's just, you know, I just. I'm sharing my story that, yeah. you know, hey, look, I didn't even know I had a sister till I was six. Right. How many people can say that? Yeah. You know, you these know? days you never know. But uh... <laughs> Right. And then, you know, I, here's this girl in my life and it's my sister. And I'm like, you know, where did she come from? <laughs> oh, well, she was away in reform school. There's okay. some, there's interesting stories. Everybody's got one, man. Every family's got one and everything like that. But yours... yeah, and then I talk about you know how when I was a kid and and uh, you know I had all these older brothers and you know I'm the youngest. My older brother's 14 years older than me, and they all are like a year apart. And then there's this gap. I think my 
uh, you know, my closest brother's five years to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was exposed to a lot of stuff, you know, yep. seeing people smoking dope and, you know, sex and shit, man. I was, a, you know, I was walking in on my brother when I was five, six years old. I'm going, shit, I want to do that. That looks fun. <laughs> I'm sure you did in quite a bit more than that, you know, being a rock and roller yeah, so back I mean, in the day. You just get a sense of someone said to me, you know, Brian, I like the book because it's like you're sitting in the room talking to me, yeah. telling me yeah. your stories. Yeah. That's the And feeling that's what I've I wanted it to be like. I wanted it to be in my voice. You know, it's funny too, Brian. It's it, I say that about all your bandmates as well, too. I've interviewed Jeff. I've interviewed, you know, the guys in your band before. And everybody in that band is so honest. And you feel like you're talking to an old friend every time I talk to you guys. So, you know, oh, just know that from my from my end anyway, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, obviously in the rock and roll business, there's people that are very unapproachable. You guys have always been very approachable. And this, on top of it, just, you know, it just makes me want to be able to be, you know, a Tesla fan, you know, <laughs> just as I have been, you know. So. Right. I want to thank you, buddy. Um, now. Going back to in terms of the, of the band and things like that, obviously there was a lot of couple of different things that were going on besides the drugs and the alcohol and the things like that. I mean, you know, the music changed in around 1990. You know, there were the bands like Tesla weren't the the type of stuff that people were listening to once you know the whole you know Seattle thing or whatever came into vogue and people's tastes changed and style and listening and what people were writing about and performing and things like that and that had to really be a big part of uh, of this i would imagine just kind of kickstarted a lot of the the depression and the wondering you know what the hell am i doing well, or you know i was dealing with anxiety before that uh-huh. much before that yeah um but i will tell you that when we put out bust the nut which was 94 i believe right yep um and all of a sudden you know people were telling us our career was over i i it was a, it was pretty discouraging because we had thought we had made this great record you know, our, we thought we had made what was going to be our breakthrough record. And, you know, it, it sold close to 800,000 records, which is nothing to sniff at. Right. These days. But, <laughs> but, but because it didn't do double platinum like yeah. the one before it, and you had these new bands come out that everyone was going crazy over, including our record company, it was a bit uh, discouraging for us. So we were like kind of like got kind of kicked to the curb if you will in the sense that you know my manager said to me point blank it's over dude you know it's over for you you know my manager cliff bernstein i remember just thinking wow how can he say that exactly that's not very encouraging. Well, I heard from, then, I heard from everybody that it, it was in that genre back then too was saying, and I'm like, "There's no way, no." And you know, I, I, kept, I mean, yeah, you know. it was just it was so nonchalant. Well, your career's over now, and I'm like thinking, "Well, what did we do wrong?" You know, mm-hmm. you know, what did we do? You know, why is it over? We, you know, you, you they loved us last year. You know, and, and so that was hard. And I think that contributed a lot to the breakup in, in 1995. 
mm-hmm. you know, enduring that. It, it definitely fucked with our psyches, you know. Yeah. Well, and I, then obviously we, we had the problems with Tommy at that time, which we always had problems with Tommy, it seems like. Yeah. But that's when they first started. And, you know, it, it fucked with our psyche and eventually we broke up. And did that lead to a lot of the alcohol abuse, like stepping it well, up a notch and things like last, that? Or? The alcohol abuse was kind of always there. Uh-huh. It got worse as it went on. Yeah. But it certainly led to the, the drugs. So the last year the band was together, I mean, if you were to ask the guys in the band, you know, does Brian do, you know, blow or does he smoke pot or any of that? They say, no, he just, you know, he likes to drink, right? But that last kind of 18 months, you know, when, you know, it's kind of basically laid out to me, look, your career's over and stuff. I started doing drugs. Went, hey man, you know, I remember there's a story in there where I said I called the band's blow dealer and go, Hey, can you bring me over an eight ball? Because you know, and he's like, Well, I've been told to stay away from you that you don't do this stuff and you're at, you know, absolutely against it. And when I'm telling you, man, I'm not against it, bring me over the eight ball, <laughs> please. <laughs> so, you know, I think I just got deflated, and yeah. then that started that kind of spiral effect of getting on that slippery slope and, uh, you know, almost losing control of it all. Well, luckily for you, you had music as an outlet, you know, so you started another mm-hmm. band and then eventually you guys put it together again. And I still, I've said this a hundred times on the air that the Into the Now album is probably the best comeback album that I can think of in rock because it just it was like you had never gone away, you know? It had the sound that, that we that we loved and the songs had just were better and it was just like a re energized um, version of the band when you guys came back. So whatever yeah, you was, did that in that was... break, you needed it, you know? Well that break I, I tell people the break was good for us. At the yeah. time it was a real drag, but I, I think it made us grow as people and it made us appreciate what we have in Tesla, which is a gift, yep. you know, to be able to do that. And all of us connecting on the same wavelength to make this music. Uh, Busting out, I must, I mean, uh, into the now, I must say was a real high point for the band. Yeah. You know, to- Tommy was back in the band and, and we were back together and, you know, for that three or four year period of around, you know, maybe two years before that and two years after it till things went haywire again with Skio. It was a great point in the band in the band, you know, it was, it was a high point. Now, during that particular time, um, you know, I know this is covered in the book. Did you guys up your, or back down on your abuses um, on the road during the well, end of the now time? And during the end of the now time, you know, Tommy started having problems. Again. Right. And but the rest, you know, of, the rest of you guys, though, you were well, 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 look, at that point, we were all still doing whatever. Right. I mean, you know, we weren't like on some uh, uh, N.A. program. I mean, Troy was sober, but the rest of us were still dabbling in, you know, whatever, whether it was I, I wasn't doing coke anymore. I quit doing coke and all that stuff when I married my second wife because she just wouldn't put up with it but i was still drinking uh-huh. and you know obviously skio was getting way out there again 
And, you know, we were all still doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but way more under control. And and then when we went out on this tour for, for the End of the Now tour, you know, Jeff came to me and said, hey, you know, it'd be really nice for Tommy if we all stopped drinking and everything to help him with his recovery, you know, because he had just come back from being in rehab again. And I flat out said, fuck him. I'm not stopping drinking. Right. You know, I don't have a problem. I'm not missing shows or causing problems. No. So Jeff said, you know, okay, I understand that, Brian. I can respect that. You know, I just thought I'd put it out there for you. And I said, okay, thank you. Um, And like, you know, it wasn't probably eight hours later, I came back into the dressing room and said, hey, Jeff, you know what? You're right. And you know what? I'm, (coughs) excuse me. (coughs) I'm always preaching, you know, be a team player. I'm going to, I need to be the team player that I preach to everyone to be and show some support here. Cause I got to say when Troy Laquetta got sober, no one supported that guy. Yeah. Not one guy in that band, myself yeah. included. He's a tough he was guy. He's a on, tough guy, man. He's a tough dude. <laughs> he was left on his own with no help. Yeah. If anything, people were like, you know, mocking him. And I and I, you know, I, I feel bad for him and and I've got to apologize to him. You know, he knows because I, 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 I wasn't one of the people that really put it in his face, but there were other members in the group that did. And I thought it was, and one of the members, he's not here anymore, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, it's ironic that the one guy that we did that for didn't show anyone else any respect like we tried to show for him. So you can read between the lines on that one. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, um, And then from 2004, we stopped. You know, we said, okay, we don't, from now on, we don't drink or do anything while we're on the road. What you do at home, that's your time. Okay, that's your business. When we get together as the five of us, it's Tesla time. Yep. And and believe it or not, for 15 years, we've been pretty much able to adhere to that. And you've done it, you know, it's been an amazing ride, too. I Just the directions you guys have gone into, you know, with side projects and then, you know, coming back with this album, Shock, last year. Man, you know, mm-hmm. having your old friend Phil produce it and gave it a, just a little tweak on the sound. And it was awesome, yeah. you know. It's great. The songs were great. Everything about it was awesome. So I love what's happened since then. And, I've you know, I've followed the band for a long time. And it's mm-hmm. nice for my point of view to read something like this and get a bit more of an understanding on why the band took a maybe a left turn this way or a right turn that way and things like that it's just uh well i mean we we never really plan on anything and we just you know like with the thing with phil it came along the opportunity presented itself we love phil we love you know him as a guy we love working with him we did the one song for the mechanical resonance live album save that goodness and that turned into well let's make a whole album and we did and it was a little bit different for some of the hardcore hardcore 
diehard Tesla fans. Some people really enjoyed it. Some people hated it. Well, then again, you've also taken turns, too, when you did the covers record, when they did the reel-to-reel. I loved it because the covers were so spot on, but there were others that were like, well, you know, they were too close to the originals. And I'm like... Yeah, but who else could have done that? You know, they just—you did a great job with every song and every song. Yeah, that I, I really, I love. I gotta say, I really, really enjoy the real, real records. Sure, that was, you know, again, that was a high point. You know, we were coming yep. off the of Tommy, you know, being asked to leave the band. Yep, we were just learning. You know, with Dave, you know who he was, and he fit in seamlessly. As far as I, as soon as I can hear, yeah, you know. He's a great guy. Yep. Yep. He's a great guitar player. Yep. And really there's nothing more to say about him. He's just he's just a, a pleasure to be around. And we were in the studio and we went, okay, cool. And we were like playing songs that we grew up on. And it was a good time. We had a good time doing that record. So a real good time. So that brings me to my next point. Was that the easiest part of this particular book? Was that like the easiest part, or was there something else that um that we haven't? Well, the easy part was was talking about, you know, probably Dave. Uh-huh. The hardest part is, you know, probably dealing with uh, Skio. Yeah. In terms of being careful what I say and how I say it. But even more so than the personal, you know, things like the bulimia and the drug addict. I mean, what would, you know, I mean, I look, I don't care about me, man. I mean, I, I put it <laughs> out there and if people want to judge me, fucking judge me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've been judged my whole life. It doesn't, yeah. I'm tough, man. And that's what gives me the drive of, of who I am and my personality. Well, it shows, you know, it shows in a lot of things, man. And it really, again, it's 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 a really good read, and it's just a really good, uh, it's a feel good thing for a lot of people, including myself. When it, when I see somebody else that has gone through things like this, you know, it's just that, that you can pick mm-hmm. yourself up and you can continue on, and uh, you know, it's great. I mean, all the things that you've been able to do, you still have your uh, you still have J Street Recorders, which uh, you've been doing a lot of different bands on there, you know, recording yes. people and. Yeah, I still have that. My my company, J Street Entertainment, which, you know, we develop young bands and try to mentor them and yep. get them to a point where they're ready to to break onto the scene. Yep, Frank's been and doing the same, man. He's been doing a lot Frank of that does as well. The yep. Same, yeah, yep. absolutely. And then you know, I've got my artwork that I've been doing the last couple of years, which I really enjoy. That that's a lot of fun. Now, and you know, I mean. You know, I miss my guys in Tesla. I miss playing. I miss seeing those guys. Now, have you guys been able to collaborate during the lockdown and things like that via Zoom and write new songs and things like that? Or have you really not explored that part yet? Well, we're the kind of band that we got to be in a room. Yeah. You know, so me being in New York and Troy being in Nashville and Frank and Jeff and Dave being in California and them kind of being an hour away from each other themselves. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, we're not like our our buddies in Leopard. They're making a record right now, and they're all over the world. And they're just kind of <laughs> sending it to one central place. You know what I mean? Yeah, boy, they they made sure made a comeback, man. It was amazing. They're yeah, doing so, so well. we're not able to really work like that. Uh, you know, we kind of got we're kind of I don't know we're maybe we just a bit more old school or whatever. You know, but I think you know them guys working with Mutt Lang as much as they have have really made them a lot more open 
two things is say Tesla and Tesla, I think are probably a little bit more closed minded than Def Leppard. Uh-huh. But you know, that's probably the difference between the two bands. Yeah. Um, very similar in a lot of ways, but in that way, complete polar opposites. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, it's, it's, there's, there's worse company you could be around, you know, with people like that, you know, to deal with. And yeah, I love like those that, guys. Know? Yep. Yep. They're great guys. Yeah. I love the fact that uh, Joe actually did the forward for the book too, which is cool. Joe Elliott, the singer for, Jeff yeah, he, you know, I tell everyone he's kind of like my big brother in, in a rock band. So he's very well spoken. I loved it listening to, you know, I'm a DJ. I love listening to him being on the air. I've been trying to line up an interview with him for a while. We just haven't been able to do it because, you know, he lives in Ireland and I'm over here, you know. And so time-wise, it hasn't been. But one of these days, one of these days, he's just got a great speaking voice and he's very articulate. And I love people like that, you know. So, you know, it's it's a good thing. I love the fact that you guys can can hang out. He's a good boy, old Joey. Well, it's a great read for any of our of our people. Again, it's called Son of a Milkman, My Crazy Life with Tesla and from Brian Wheat. And um, man, I'm telling you, I uh, I really, really enjoyed what I've read so far and looking forward to reading the rest over the holidays, you know. So and you are going to be locked down down in uh, in New York area. Yeah, it's been in the, the Christmas and, and New Year's here in New York. And then uh, me and Monique and the dogs are going to go to the place in Texas for the winter and and kind of get out of the snow here and stuff and then come back here in the spring. Cool. Well, I hope to uh, hear some, some more Tesla music in the near future sometime. Anyway, you know, you know, it's uh, sometimes it doesn't take four or five years to make a record anymore. So I'm really hoping no. that, uh, that you guys can spring some new stuff on us, you know, <laughs> I'm sure awesome. we will. and uh, any, any talk like when things open up, maybe doing a book tour or perhaps. Yeah, sure. All of it. Good. You know, when things go up, I'll do a book tour, Tesla play again. You know, hopefully we can get, you know, 21, 2021 will be a, a much better year. Well, if you want to find for more information, I believe it's going to be Tesla, the still. Is that it? And then yeah. Brian, is and it Brian wheat.com? No, I have a Brian wheat fan page. I mean, a Facebook uh-huh. and Brian wheat Instagram. I don't have a, a website. I, I probably should get on one, but well, you know. I haven't had one all these years. I kind of. Went, well, why bother? You pretty much Google. But, you pretty much Google Brian Wheat or Son of a Milkman. I, I guarantee you're probably either going to be finding a joke page or you'll find your book on one of those. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> Son of a Milkman: My Crazy Life with Tesla uh, by Brian Wheat. It's a great read. And uh, dude, again, we uh, appreciate uh, you phoning in. If, unless there's anything else you want to add, man, um, fire no, away. Just everyone have a, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and. Hopefully we all can have a, a, a nice new year in 2021, and we'll see each other again real soon. Looking forward to that. Amen, brother. Uh, hang on the line just for a second. I'm going to uh, lead out. How about a little uh, into the now from Tesla? Why not? Here we go. It's Junk Man Radio.
Well, again, as I mentioned, at top of just about every set, that there's brand new music out. So I'm going to play as much of it as possible for you. Greta Van Fleet is coming out with a new album, and they've got a couple of tracks out, and I really, really like this one. This is brand new from Greta Van Fleet. It's called My Way Soon. You're listening to Junk Band Radio.
Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, Junkman Radio. Classic right there, don't you think? Absolutely, man. That's, uh, that's Lou Reed going way, way, way back with his version of Sweet Jane and that sweet intro featuring guitar player Steve Hunter, who, man, he's played on so many great records. Steve Hunter is just, uh, you know, you've heard him with, uh, with Mitch Ryder. You've heard him with so many different other bands. He even played with David Lee Roth for a little while, you know, but uh, great guitar player and a great intro to uh, the classic Sweet Jane. Best version of that song, I think. You know, there's a few of them. And you know what's funny? I'm not really a huge big Lou Reed fan. I know he's, you know, everybody loves him. And, you know, he's, uh, he's a classic and everybody thinks he's great. I just, I was never a big fan, except for that. And the big part of that was the band and not him, you know? So, you know, everybody's got their own opinions. That's mine. But I really like that set that I played for you. I hope you did too. I mixed a lot of old and new and in between for you. Um, it started out with a new one from Greta Van Fleet, and it's called My Way Soon. I really like the direction these guys are going. They're, uh, you know, they've become, you know, after all this press and people just ragging on them and everything like that, you know, really they're starting to come into their own, and I really like the direction that this is going. But a great song, My Way Soon from Greta Van Fleet. Going back to the 70s with Big Star, which seems to be kind of an influence on, on Greta Van Fleet, I, I think, anyway. And a great song called When My Baby's Beside Me. Had another new one uh, of an old song. It's a collaboration, brand new, from Doobie Brothers and Peter Frampton. And an old uh, Eric Clapton song called Let It Rain. It did a fine job with that. And featured uh, Billy Payne from Little Feet on the keyboards on that, too, amongst others. But, uh, yeah, a great version of that. I really enjoyed that. Hope you did, too. Needed a little harmony, so whatnot. I went to the Bangles and Ride the Ride. One of their later songs, but I think one of their best songs. And I'm a big Bangles fan. I've seen them a few times live, and I just, you know, I really, really enjoy what they do. And, uh, man, they bring it. You know, they sound great live and always got good records. But that particular one, Ride the Ride, I don't, you, know, you may have heard that before, may have not, you know. Again, it's one of their later hit. It's one of their later ones after, you know, they had all those hits in the 80s and, you know, walking on, or uh, what you call it, uh, walk like an Egyptian and all the rest of that stuff. You know, eh, you know, hey, it's good. I like this one. Another uh, remake of an old song, uh, Jacob Dylan, son of Bob Dylan, along with Steve Stills and Eric Clapton himself doing a, a cool version of Buffalo Springfield's Questions. And that's from the Echo in the Canyon soundtrack, of which uh, Jacob Dylan was a big part of that. And a great, great, great version of that particular song. I really enjoyed it. And again, uh, wrapping that set up with Lou Reed and Sweet Jane. All right, I'm Junkman, Junkman Radio. Hope you're enjoying the show. Got a long ways to go, man. A lot of stuff to lay on you, you know? You ready to get weird? I like this. <laughs> the Licorice Quartet is out with their second EP. That's right. And this is the first track off of it. It's called Snollygoster Goon. 
You might want to look up the word snollygoster, but it's an interesting it's interesting term. But of course, Licorice Quartet features three of the members of the band Jellyfish, that the beloved band Jellyfish, you know, um, and have visited the Junk Band show. That's right. Roger Manning, Roger Joseph Manning Jr. has been on Junk Band Radio talking about uh, this very Licorice Quartet. And he, along with uh, Eric Dover and Tim Smith, have created a second EP. Again, this is Snolly Goster Goon, brand new from Licorice Quartet. It's Junk Band Radio.
Step right up, my kiddies, don't be late And with your parents gone, you're free to come away The kind of
Junk Man Radio. Ooh, ah, yeah, I like it. Oh, <laughs> sound familiar, doesn't it? Yep, that's right. That's the immigrant song. That has been remade by Diamond Head. Pretty cool, huh? Diamond Head's brand new record, uh, Lightning to the Nations, 2020. They've redone it. The entire album with a bunch of covers at the end. And that one right there just smokes, man. Great version of Immigrant Song, the Zeppelin song. I like it. Bunch of new music right there on that set. I hope you enjoyed. I sure did. Plenty of it, man. I mean, there is so much to choose from right now, new new stuff. Uh, it's like I'm finding myself playing mostly new stuff on the show as opposed to, you know, like a lot of other things. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I try to mix up the genre a little bit here and there, and I hope you are noticing that. But, uh, man, I'm telling you, there's just so much killer new music out. I got to try to play it as much as I possibly can. Uh, started out the set with the new one from the Licorice Quartet, Snolly Goster Goon. It's weird. It's cool. It smokes, man. You know, it's snappy, baby. Very cool. Uh, Licorice Quartet member Roger Joseph Manning Jr. followed that with, from his latest, Glamping. It's called Funhouse. Isn't that a great song? Love it. Another band that I found just got turned on to recently. I think these guys are from New Jersey. I got to look them up, but they're called the Mylars. You know, like those little things they make those balloons with that uh, you always find at the beach because <laughs> people let them go from their birthday parties and they float it over to the beach. Well, anyway, the Mylars and a song called Satellite Girl. I like that one a lot. The lovely Cherie Curry followed that with uh, from her latest Boulevards of Splendor and the remake of the old Runaway song, Queens of Noise. That one dedicated to Runaway's drummer, the late Sandy West. And uh, features a host of people guesting on that particular number. Another band I found recently, Black Smoke Trigger. These guys are from New Zealand, and they kick ass. The song was called Caught in the Undertow, and I enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed that as well. Got your speakers rattling on that, no doubt. And again, I finished the set up there with Diamond Head and their version of the Immigrant Song. Oh, man, I'm telling you, got to take a breather just for a second. Oh, refresh. <laughs> and on to some more new music. That's right, Michael Schenker is back, the Michael Schenker group. This one features Ralph Sheepers on the vocals. This is called Drilled to Kill, brand new from the Michael Schenker group on Junkman Radio. Crank it.
Junkman Radio. That, my friends, is brand new from Deep Purple, from their latest Whoosh and Drop the Weapon. A great song. I like it. Very, very, very interesting uh, title, especially with all the things that are going on these days, you know? And uh, I guess you can apply it to just about anything that's going on today. Drop the weapon, dude. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Neil, don't need to get into that, but hey, it's a great record produced by Bob Ezrin. It's one of, I think it's the finest one they've done in quite a while. But uh, yeah, big Deep Purple fan here, right here, me, Jungman. Hopefully you do. Uh, new one from ACDC before that, their uh, new one, Power Up. Great record, very solid. And that one was Shot in the Dark, the first single off that particular record. And, uh, man, it's going to be on a lot of uh, best of lists, I'm sure. Motorhead uh, uh, did We Are the Road Crew. <laughs> oh, yeah. Going back a ways. I miss Motorhead, man. I really, really, really miss Motorhead. God bless you, Lemmy. You were, you were quite a guy. Um, the uh, guitar player in that band, Phil, has a new band, um, The Bastards. <laughs> Bastard Sons. Are the name of them, and uh, you know what? I'll play some of their music here sometime. I pl- I've played uh, a couple of tracks already off of that, and it's fun. Phil's just a great guy, and uh, Mickey, of course, Mickey D, the drummer for Motorhead, is now playing with the Scorpions. So, you know, time moves on. That's what happens. Black Swan, another great record that came out in 2020, that features Robin McCauley on the vocals and Jeff Pilson, amongst others. Just a great record. Uh, The song was called Big Disaster. And I started out with the brand new one from Michael Schenker Group. That's right. Features Michael and um, Ralph Sheepers on the vocals on that. And uh, Derek Sherinian plays keyboards on that. Got some folks, some players, and a great song called Drilled to Kill. I love it, man. The double kick drums on that. It's just coming right at you. Awesome. Well, having a good time right here at Junk Band Radio here at Orange County Sound Studios, also known as OC Sound Studios. You know, makes it simpler that way, I guess, here in Anaheim. And, uh, you know, I like to salute our sponsors because they're always so good to us, you know. The guys, obviously, at the studio and a bunch of others. But uh, one in particular that I like is VintageRock.com. VintageRock.com. It's a great website. Lots of information about uh, your favorite classic and new rock and everything in between. Uh, There's great articles, of which I have written many, and uh, I'm a contributor to the site, but they supply us with some great music. And so what I do on my show, each and every one, I have what's known as the VintageRock.com six-pack. Six songs of a particular artist or a genre. And uh, today... Keeping with the Deep Purple theme, a uh, a band that uh, kind of evolved from original guitar player Richie Blackmore, who was a member of Deep Purple, left the band and started his own Rainbow, of which various members came and went. Richie now playing with his wife, uh, Candice, and has been for quite some time uh, in a band called Blackmore's Night, which is something completely different than anything else he's done. But uh, hey, today's VintageRock.com 
six-pack spotlights rainbow. And uh, three of their singers I'm going to spotlight because they've had a few. And uh, three of the uh, three of the biggies I'm going to spotlight on this one. So let's start it out with the first single they came out with, with the late, great Ronnie James Dio on the vocals. This is Man on a Silver Mountain, the VintageRock.com six-pack from Rainbow. Enjoy.
to me Your poison letter, your telegram Just goes to show you don't get
Junkman Radio. Wrapping up a VintageRock.com six-pack. Six songs from Rainbow. Various versions of them. Starting with Man on a Silver Mountain from their first record. And uh, Ronnie James Dio on the vocals on that one. Richie Blackmore, um, you know, had left Deep Purple. Started a new band. Found the singer from Elf, Ronnie James Dio, right there. And decided to put together a new band and... Man, I'm telling you, what a career they had. They were together a long time in different variations, you know. Ronnie lasted, uh, well, a few years anyway. And the first three songs I played were him on vocals there. Man on a Silver Mountain also played Long Live Rock and Roll. And I played Starstruck, too, another favorite. Featuring uh, Mr. RJD on the vocals. Uh, After that, man, they went in a different direction. Ronnie left the band. Started his own thing, and immediately we were introduced to uh, their next singer. <laughs> That's right, Graham Bonnet. It was interesting too, because you know everybody in rock had long, long hair, and Graham Bonnet came along with this, you know, really nice haircut, you know, short hair and sunglasses. But man, I'm telling you, what a great rock and voice, and he's still around too. He's still playing. He put together a, uh, the band Alcatraz, and recently I guess they've had some member changes too. Who knows what's going on with that, but he's been doing his solo thing for quite some time. And we played um, Since You've Been Gone, which was a big, big radio hit. And, uh, man, and, fo- and the follow-up, All Night Long, which was another one, you know. Both of those songs were huge. They were everywhere on the radio. Um since You've Been Gone, I know, has been uh, remade a few times. Quite a few people have redone that, including my friend Cherie Curry and her sister uh, Marie on their album together. And then a couple other versions, you know, that are just really good. It's just a great song. And, uh, again, Rainbow made it famous. So, again, I included two Graham Bonnet vocal songs, and I finished off that set with Stone Cold featuring one Joe Lynn Turner. Who didn't incidentally also, after he left Rainbow, sang not only in Deep Purple, but he also sang with Ingve uh, Malmsteen, who was very, very influenced by Richie Blackmore's guitar playing, and took it to another level altogether. You know, but yeah, Joe Lynn Turner doing fine vocals on that song, Stone Cold. That was a big radio hit as well, early '80s. Wow, you know. Big career for Rainbow. A lot of people are like, ah, he'll be back for Deep Purple. Nope. <laughs> they came back for one album or two albums, which were great. And then that was that. You know, he was uh, he was done. He's uh, he's an interesting fellow. He's uh, He likes things done his own way, and that's it, you know. Everybody that I know that has uh, been in touch with, with Richie Blackmore said the same thing. You know, he's just, he is who he is. But he puts together some fine music. He's a great guitar player. And, uh, again, Rainbow, that's his band. Hope you enjoyed that. Again, uh, check out VintageRock.com. Great articles to read and things to know about in the world of rock and roll. All kinds. New, old, everything in between. Classics and non-classics and fun things like that. <laughs> but, again, the, uh, the six-pack is dedicated to them, as always. All right, moving on. Another band that uh, has some deep purple connections is uh, the band The Dead Daisies, who are now led 
by singer-bassist Glenn Hughes, who played in a latter version of Deep Purple, as well as Trapeze and uh, other bands, too. But uh, they've got a new record out. Uh, actually, it's been pushed, pushed back a little bit, but a couple of the singles are out, including this one right here. Now, again, the band features uh, Glenn Hughes on bass and vocals. Uh, Doug Aldrich, who's played with all kinds of different rock bands, including White Snake and Dio and places like that. Uh, Dean Castronovo, who was also a drummer for Journey at one time. And also David Lowey is in the band, too, who plays guitar. So they've got this great record called Bustle and Flow, and I'm going to play it for you right now. This is the latest from Dead Daisies on Junk Band Radio, Bustle and Flow. Check it out.
man. Look out. <laughs> All over the road. That's Rival Sons on Junkman Radio. Gotta love that, Ben. Long Beach's own Rival Sons. Great stuff. Uh, J.D. McPherson played before that and a great song called Head Over Heels. Doesn't that one make you just want to get up and, you know, do a little hucklebucking, baby? Yeah, do a little dancing here at OC Sound Studio. <laughs> J.D. McPherson, the name of that guy. Cool stuff. Uh, my boy Mitch Perry and his Mitch Perry group before that was St. Valentine. That's going to be up there on those top ten lists this year. Absolutely. Great record. Uh, Dirty Honey off of their EP and Break You. Yet another great song by that band, that young band from Los Angeles. And we started things out with the uh, latest from Dead Daisies, Bustle and Flow. Man. And with that, we're coming to the end of another fabulous Junk Man radio show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I sure did, as always. <laughs> Good times, man, playing you the rock and roll. But I'll be back again with yet another episode. So be good. Hang out. Stay safe. Let's get through this together. <clears throat> and I'm going to leave you with uh, some more new music from some good friends of mine from Columbus, Ohio. They're called South of Eden. And uh, the song is called Solo. It's from their latest EP which is called The Talk. But check these guys out. They're great. Killer rock band. And uh, again, thanks for listening. Here's South of Eden. It's me, Junkman, bidding a fond farewell. Enjoy. Let's rock. It's Junkman Radio.
Right. 